ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day to you. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer made pure. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from the victorious head coach of the champion and quad A girls basketball team from Huntington, the Huntington Highlanders, the victors, the champions, defeating Cabell Midland in the championship game. They get to claim the first ever 4A title. And so Coach Lucas joins me at about 515, 520. So looking forward to catching up with him. We'll get your phone calls in later on, as we mentioned. And of course, we're going to. Dive deep, I think, into what's happening with the Marshall soccer team because right now, that's where we're all at. Softball, baseball coming up later this week, but soccer's where it's at right now because the 10th-ranked Thundering Herd getting set for their third-round match against number 1 Clemson. And we got the details today. That game is going to be streamed online through the Go Heels online network. Link is available to HerdZone.com. It's set for 3 p.m. Thursday, May 6th. So in a couple of days from now, you get a chance to watch the game, and then we will all join here on Thursday afterwards, hopefully talking about a Thundering Herd victory. Now, if you can't follow with the live stream, they're going to have these stats on NCAA.com. And if you can follow the game on the stream, though, That'd probably be the best way to go about it. First time these two programs have ever met. And for Herd fans who are actually interested in attending this, if you want to travel to this game and go see it, there's going to be, and they might not be available as of this show, but you can still give them a call. You can find out uh, what it's going to be because there's going to be a very limited number of tickets made available. you got to be a Big Green member in order to purchase. And to be fair, you got to be a big green member. Tickets are going to be $15 each. You got to be a big green member, and they're going to be available for purchase through the Marshall Ticket Office. That is going to take place. Uh, let me see. The date is actually so there will be tickets tomorrow morning, May 5th, 9 a.m. To May 5th, 9 a.m. Tickets will be available, limited amounts. So if you're interested, you want to go to the game, you want to travel, you want to go see the herd, and it's $15. Really, your biggest expense is going to be travel. Travel, if you're staying, that's it. That's your biggest expense. So if you're that person that wants to go, make that trap. I mean, I know some of, really, I know there have been people I personally know they've done this. They've gone down, watched the game, and then come back. Conference USA tournament a couple of years ago. So, yeah, this is not that hard to uh, imagine that somebody's going to take advantage of this. So, tomorrow, ticket office opens 9 a.m. for the sale. Very limited amount. 1-800-THE-HERD. 
So tickets um, not made available to the general public due to restricted capacity. So you don't have that many availabilities to begin with. And so the opportunity to buy a ticket comes down to, are you a member of the Big Green? Now, if you would have liked to have gone to this, maybe you could be a member of the Big Green. I don't know if you could join the Big Green and then get your ticket all on the same phone call. I, I don't know how that's going to work. So that's something I would inquire into if you want to be able to take advantage of a few things like this. So that's where we're at with the game. You can watch it for free. going to be Go Heels online network. Link is available at HerdZone.com. You can watch it for free. You can call the ticket office tomorrow. Get your ticket if you're a Big Green member and then make the trip. You could, if you want to go and you're not a Big Green member, you could call and probably see if you can join the Big Green on the spot. You can join at, what, $60 level, I believe. Join the Big Green. Get your ticket on your way. Might be worth it for you. Opportunity to see Marshall in the NCAA tournament take on the number one team in the country. So it sounds like it's going to be fun. And then we find out today, as I said, we're going to really keep it on soccer for a little while here, that Marshall men's soccer junior midfielder Vitor Diaz named a Mac Herman Trophy semifinalist, the Missouri Athletic Club. It's the Mac Herman Trophy. It is regarded as the most prestigious individual award in college soccer. This is the Soccer Heisman, if you want to call it that. Presented annually to the most outstanding male and female players of the year. Now, the award pushed back to accommodate the season because of the pandemic. The winners will be announced May 27th at the 2021 Mac Herman Trophy Press Conference and banquet taking place at the Missouri Athletic Club in St. Louis. So congratulations. You've got someone who's in the conversation for the Mac Herman Trophy. That says something about your program and about what you're doing. You want to hear every year that Marshall has someone in the mix for the Mac Herman Trophy. You just want to hear that every year because that means you're getting some of the best players to come play for you at Marshall. This thing's taken off. I'm not going to say it's going to win a national championship because it's a hard venture. But if any program right now at Marshall has the best opportunity, it might be men's soccer. Men's soccer probably has the best opportunity right now to win a national championship in its sport. Not football, not basketball. You hope that the other sports can catch up. There's a potential. Maybe volleyball can get to that point where it's competing for conference championships, winning the tournament, going to the NCAA tournament. So you hope that happens. You hope softball gets that opportunity to get back to the NCAA tournament, compete for championships, and compete for the right to be called the national champion. You have that opportunity there. I mean, tennis, you never know what can happen with tennis there. And women's soccer, you hope that program explodes the way the men's program has and starts to pick up and grow. And you've got other programs as well we could talk about. But right now, as far as I am concerned, the program that is the best program is the men's soccer team right now. And that's not a knock on any of the other programs. I mean, Board of Governors. Board of Governors. 
Coach Huff said, look, our best team right now is soccer. The football coach coming in trying to build the program or close the gap. I'm going to use his term, close the gap. Even said it. So I hope that Marshall, the athletic department, the university, the alumni, get that this soccer program, if run correctly, and you continue to put the resources and energy and don't let it just stand still because in the 90s, Marshall football was was cooking on all cylinders here. I mean, it was it was flying. And I think the attitude of here we are and you didn't do anything to really push it forward to the next level or, again, to use Coach Huff's language, to close the gap. So I hope the soccer program continues to move forward. That means better budgets, facility upgrades, whatever it needs, because I think you've got something of value there. All right. Speaking of champions, we're going to talk to the head coach of the Huntington High girls basketball team, Lonnie Lucas. We'll do that on the other side of the break. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, May 4th edition. Your drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to welcome to the program now the head coach of the first-ever Class 4A champions in girls basketball, the Huntington Highlanders, pulled away to beat Cabell Midland 58-49 and to win that championship and the victorious head coach is with me now on the program. Coach, congratulations. It's been a while since we've talked, and... um, yeah, I'm excited to have you back here because uh, you had to go through a lot to get this championship. You just didn't walk up, show up, and they presented you the trophy. You had to fight for this one. Yeah, it was it was a struggle. I mean, due to the, of course, everybody had the same struggle, you know, with the uh, COVID. Everybody had that, and uh, it was just. Then we got in the games. They, yeah, they were struggle. Every every game was a struggle. Yeah. How do you like? Just to kind of get your feel now, now you've been through it, you win the first ever 4A, quad A, whatever we're going to call the the division here. You know, How do you feel about going through it? Because we have put the biggest schools together, and you don't really have a bad opponent. Everybody's good. And so when you win this thing, you know you've played probably the best talent or at least the the most capable schools in the state. Well, that's, that's the good part about it. You know, every, like I said, every night, you know, people talk about Martinsburg not being very good. They were good. Martinsburg was tough. You know, they just played a, play a different way. They're very physical. And, you know, that was a tough game. Then we, then we played Morgantown. Morgantown's a totally different club, had a good, uh, real good inside player. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, all of them presented different problems in the capital middle and got the inside player forward and two good guards. You know, they were, and then when they substitute, they had a good guard. So they, you know, it was totally different. All of them are totally different, but uh, they were all good teams. So, you know, out of the eight teams that made it to the state, you know, I looked at a clipping on the preseason poll by the coaches. You know, there's only one team that they, was in the top eight at the beginning of the year didn't make it. And that was Parkersburg, and then got replaced by Jefferson by an undefeated team. 
And uh, so, you know, it was uh, all the opponents, all, all the opponents were good. And uh, I think everybody that made it, all eight schools are pretty tough. Johnny, uh, Beckley, Beckley just happened to have injuries coming in, which, which caused them to be a lot weaker. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the victorious Huntington Highlanders, Lonnie Lucas. You've done this for a long while now, and we mentioned the unique challenges that not just you had to face as a coach and as a program, that every program had to face with the pandemic. Could you talk a little bit about your journey? Uh, you, you went through the season, pretty good season, and you end up the champion, but uh, I'm sure – from day one to the final game, uh, you had challenges that maybe were unique to your situation or unique in your career. Well, it, it was we uh, we felt like we had good talent, but the challenge was the fact that we didn't, you know, trying to develop some uh, some uh, backup players, and uh, that was we had the talent there. We just couldn't have any experience, uh, and we couldn't give them any experience. Every time we turned around. Uh, you know, the ones that were backup players got quarantined. Of course, they were ninth graders and they got quarantined. So we went through a one, one of our one of our key one of our key players was was backup, and she you know she had been quarantined three times, and and that during basketball season, and that took out you know I took her out of out of the picture for a long time, but she had she did get to play there, you know, at the end, and that helps us, but but the that was just, that was the biggest challenge. I mean, our first you know our first unit was uh, I mean, we knew we were going to be uh, real good. But we just we just was trying to develop some people that could help us out a little bit because we wasn't going knew they weren't going to be able to play the whole the whole season every game. So that we worked on that and that was tough. And then, like I said, every time we get a little step back, we just I just say, hey, girls, we'll just we'll just go by the rules, whatever it is." I said, "I consider my uh, us." be fortunate just to be playing basketball so that was the that was the positive note you got to be pretty happy then with the consistency you were able to get the chemistry that you were able to get as well because you can have the most talent out there but if it's not gelling and it's not working well together um you know you're not going to win a championship and you had to have a lot of that i'm sure and a lot of buy-in well, they did. They bought into the team. It didn't, and the, and the best example would be you look at Deanna Gray, who actually, point-wise, she could pretty much dominate a game and score a lot more. But uh, she's a she's a, a team player, and uh, she just kept encouraging everybody to get do your part, do your part. We'll we'll get the ball to you, and uh, and she was a very very unselfish player, and got it. You know, got it. She didn't care who who scored. I think she bought into my philosophy, which uh, I always told them, I don't care who scores, just as long as they got on a green and gold uniform. <laughs> and and uh, so they uh, they bought into the team concept. They re- they really did. And as a result, you know, again, uh, I, did, I didn't get to see this, but I was over there on the radio and television and, and saw that Capitol Midland got four kids on the all-tournament team, and we got two. And one of the little girls uh, said something about them. I said, well, what do you see? What do you What do you see? They said, "Well, it takes a team to win." I said, "Yeah, that's what it is. It doesn't matter who who gets it if it's a it's a team effort." And so you guys didn't, you know, didn't buy into that individual stuff. You bought into a team, and that's that was the deal. 
Yeah, I I like individual accolades as much as the next person. I admit it, I do. But if I have to give that up to win a championship, you can you can have uh, you can have all of that because yeah, you're a champion now. You you can't take that away. That's something that they'll never forget. No, they'll never forget, and they'll never forget who the opponent was either. <laughs> That's one of the first to where. Uh, two two teams in the same county uh, play for play for the state championship. That's that's probably never happened before. What makes this rivalry so fun, other than just the location? Because you got to have two really good programs in Huntington High, Capital Midland. You have two really good programs that consistently can go after each other. And you're right. Uh, if you're going to beat someone for a championship, I mean that's the that's the po- that's the most ideal situation you want to be in. Your rival, the team that you want to beat the most. Well, and, and you know Matt and I are friends. Uh, the girls are friends. I mean they they play travel ball together, so they're they're actually play. Some of them play on the same team, and it's uh, so they know each other pretty well. And and uh, and it, it's just out. They want that's who they wanted to play in the championship. They never, they never lost sight of that. We want to play. We want, to, we want to play Cabell Midland. So they were over there supporting Cabell Midland to to win their last game. So they were, they wanted them there. And for me, you know, I think I was asked when I wanted to play, and I said, "Wish everyone makes it." So it didn't really, it didn't really matter. Right? Well, we had a good game plan to go against either one of them. So uh, it was just whatever. I thought, I thought Midland presented the presented a little more challenge. Than, than did GW, but uh, but you know we uh, we were forced to come through with it. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the victorious Class Four A champion Huntington Highlanders, and you had a lot of support from the community. You even got the pep talk from the, the mayor of Huntington, Steve Williams. How um, how good is he? of a speech giver when it comes to a pep talk, how, what kind of, what, what kind of, what kind of well, language comes out of him? I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, he's, he's great. He, uh, you know, it's not the first time he's been there and I didn't ask for him to come. He just showed up. Or I guess he called Bruce and made arrangements. And, and uh, then the final night when he came up uh, for Saturday, he promised him he'd be back on Saturday night. If we made it also Saturday night, he promised him a parade if, if we win it. And, uh, and then he stepped off the bus, and uh, and then he came back and he said, uh, "The other team can't promise you a parade through town because they don't have a town." <laughs> and so the girls, the girls all, you know, gave him a big cheer for that. They they appreciate him coming, and he's uh, yeah, he's he's all Huntington High. I mean, he's not uh, <laughs> he doesn't make any he doesn't make any excuses. He's all Huntington High. All right, so we've got it confirmed that there will be a parade for at least uh, one team from Huntington. Now uh, we turn our attention to the boys' team, and, and wouldn't that be fantastic if we could have a parade for both the girls and the boys uh, after the state tournament this week? Yeah, last time the last time we won it, the boys won it, and St. Joe won. It. So there's three of us in town that uh, that uh, that made it in that uh, the last time we were there. So. Uh, we're pulling for the boys and hoping for the best, and I'm sure we're not going to have a parade until after the boys' season's over. What makes it so 
special here in this area. The the fact that your program is always competitive, always in the mix for a championship, the boys as well. There's a lot of talent here basketball-wise. You know, what what makes this area so special? Because uh, there are lots of places in the state that maybe can't claim such success. Well, uh, I, I think it's a lot of our support teams, that, you know, they play a lot of travel ball. People do have uh, ex-players coaching the kids, girls and boys, and and they have a lot of interest in uh, in in the individual kids. But it it comes down to talent. It comes down to talent, and that's uh, we you know we're blessed with talent. The boys are blessed with talent, and uh, then you just have to kind of put it together and and uh, and that's that's the that's the enjoyment part of it. If you see them play. In other in middle school, you see them play in travel ball, and uh, you just sort of have to fit those fit those pieces in and and uh, keep on going. But but it's a lot of it's a lot of basic work. Parents do a lot of work with the kids. They spend money on the kids of of getting them getting them uh, instructions as they need. And and the and the, it's it's hard to uh, do this without the the travel uh, teams, right? Call AAU teams that that come in and, and start these kids at young age and then just let them play. And that's all about, and I support them. I want them, I want them to play. I want them to play wherever. I don't care who they play for. Just, just go play. You get to, you get to play on the travel team and they won't hurt you. In fact, most of the time it's just good things that come out of it. My guest is the head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, victorious in the Class 4A championship game, Lonnie Lucas. All right, Coach, what are we calling this? Are we calling it Quad A, 4A? What are we calling this? <laughs> well, I call it 4A. They call it Quad A, so <laughs> whatever. You know, it's uh, I call, I'm, I'm just uh, – but I but I just like I explained, it doesn't matter when they get to the finals. You know, it doesn't matter what class you're playing in. Hey, it's all about winning that final game. And and no matter what class you're in, uh, you know, the, from single A right on up to to four A, they're they're, you know, it's it's important. It's important for that school, whatever whatever class they're in. All right, you won the championship, so it's four A. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. You won the championship. You call it four A. It's four A. I don't think anyone else can argue. <laughs> well, it's easier for me to say four A. <laughs> yeah. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, Lonnie Lucas. Uh, so, how many more years are you going to do this, Coach? Uh, you got another twenty in you for this? Uh, I don't have another. I don't have another twenty, but I got a few. Whatever it takes. I mean, I did. I made no deal about it when I, you know, when we got up there. Martinsburg was going to be my nine hundred victory, and I didn't tell the girls. I didn't tell them before the game. I didn't tell them after the game, and I still haven't told them, and uh, haven't said anything about it. But we were able to pick up uh, 900, 901, 902 in this. Uh, that was uh, uh, that was super for for me because I've been at you know I've been at it a long time and I've been fortunate to be in school in a school that's had a lot of talent. So you just told everyone that was your nine hundredth. So the cat's out of the bag. I mean, it's uh... yeah, it's out of the bag now. I, but I did I didn't I didn't even know anything about it. I really didn't know. Uh, I knew it was close, but uh, Bruce, when he's filling out the paper for, for the state tournament, he told me. He said, "Hey, we've missed some years here." <laughs> he said, "This is you've got you've got 899 victories." And I said, 
well, Bruce, I'm going to keep it a secret until after I get that 900, and hopefully I can get 902. And and we did, so that was great. That's amazing. Um, what keeps it fun for you? Well, you know, uh, basketball is, has always been fun. I, I didn't I didn't see my first organized basketball game until I was in tenth grade in high school, and I I distinctly remember the two opponents and when we played. I was a sophomore at Barzell High School, and uh, only went there one year. But I was a sophomore at Barzell played a game on school time against Guyon Valley High School, and I was I remember some of the players on the team. But I, I was so impressed with the game uh, and uh, just always kept my eye on it. And then when I went back to the little school at Hearts, I played a little bit. and But I never did get to play as much as I wanted to play. And the, the game was still there. But uh, to say at that point I decided I was going to coach, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do that for a, so I did my student teaching in, at Ole Junior High School. And, and uh, Mr. Schreiner there let me coach the JV and I just sort of got hooked and and uh it's it's just they they keep you young they keep you young I mean they just uh, they just keep you popping and every day is a is a new experience for your coaching my guest Lonnie Lucas head coach of the Huntington Highlanders so let me make sure before I let you go I I understand I got the number right you have coached in 902 games or you've won 902 games because you've coached a well, lot of games kids, the kids have won 900 the kids have won nine hundred and two, and I think I think we've lost like two sixty six or something like that. Okay, so you're you have won nine hundred as a coach. You have been a part of nine hundred and two victories. Yes, that's an amazing number. Uh, that's a yeah. that's an amazing number. Let's you know what? Let's get that to a thousand before it's all said and done. Before you decide, I'm done. Well, yeah. Let's do a thousand. Yeah. I think we can we can shoot for that. Maybe <laughs> nine nine fifty at least or. Uh, Nine eighty. I mean, nine nine. Yeah, let's let's shoot for a thousand. Just well, let's let's just see how next year goes. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair, Coach. It's been good to catch up with you. Let's do it again next year. Let's get to a championship once again for Huntington, and uh, let's um, let's hope that you are coaching another hundred games or so, or winning another hundred. Let's get a just, you know. Let's not let's not go for a thousand games, Coach, just, or more. Let's go for a thousand wins. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Coach, congratulations. Thanks for uh, spending some time with me, and uh, we hope that uh, you can claim another championship next season. Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders. That's amazing. 902 victories. If I understood that correctly. So he's he's coaching over 1,000 games. He has won 902. That's that's a lot of victories. That's a lot of ball games. And – He's won several championships, and he should be proud of his career. We will take your phone calls on the other side of the break, 877-420-8255, 877-420-TALK. Paul Swan, your host. You can join me next on the White Claw phone lines here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it's May Pure. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 for this Tuesday, 
May 4th. It is Star Wars Day, and coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about what Major League Baseball and ESPN are doing for Star Wars Day. That's coming up next segment. It's quite interesting, and for some of you, it might be quite amusing, and for others, it might be quite disturbing. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes with you. But the NFL draft ratings are out, and here's some pretty good news, actually. They were flat compared to 2019, but it was still enough to make it the third most watched draft on record. So the average was 6.1 million viewers on television and digital sources, according to the NFL and Nielsen. That is pretty even. You compare that to the 2019 draft. That was held in Nashville, average of 6.2 million. So Cleveland averaging 6.1 million, Nashville averaging 6.2 million. Last year's draft remains the most watched, averaging 8.3 million. We were all pent up. Let me tell you, last year, that was cathartic. I don't know how to explain the brief euphoria that we had something normal just going on in our lives. And last year was a completely different event because we were all wondering, how are they going to do this? But, I mean, this is pretty good. Third most watched draft on record. And that says something. We still love we love football. We're still big fans of the National Football League, so that's pretty good as far as the ratings are concerned. Of course, yeah, for us locally, we were kind of keeping an eye on, see if a few of our favorite Marshall football players would have been drafted. And I'm sure here in the next few years, we're hoping that the number gets up. We actually see some of our favorite Marshall players make it into the draft instead of being signed afterwards. The goal is to get to the NFL, but... You know, there's nothing like having your name called on draft day. It's an experience. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And if you don't get it, well, you then have options. For one thing, if you're drafted pretty high, you're going to make a lot of money initially. If you're drafted really high, you might be going to a team that's not that good. And so if you're a quality football player and you get drafted uh, in a certain spot, it might work out for you if you're a highly regarded draft pick and unfortunately you fall and you fall to a really good team and that could mean a little bit more to your career some longevity there if you're going to a really good team a really good organization or if you're an undrafted free agent you get to maybe have a little bit more say if there are several teams that are interested in you you want to definitely stick in the NFL but you have a little more control as to which team you might want to go to and that's pretty nice. You can have some say. Is it worth to is it worth it to you to go to one team over the other? So the draft though showing that we still love the NFL. Nothing uh, here in the next few years will probably top what happened last season, but if you compare this which was more of a normal draft to 2019 pretty flat, so very comparable third most watched draft on record, that's saying something. Last year is going to be tough to beat. I mean, come on. We all got to hang out in Roger Goodell's football room. It was pretty nice. His setup was pretty sweet there. When we continue, as I told you, Major League Baseball, ESPN, if you ever go to baseball game during the regular season, you know, during, during the normal times, they have promotional days. And, you know, some days are Star Wars days. 
You can get maybe a, a Star Wars bobblehead. Kids love that. I love that. We all do, right? And so Disney, which owns ESPN, Disney, which owns the Star Wars property, kind of realized this is a thing. So Disney, which carries the Major League Baseball broadcast on ESPN, promoting Star Wars. And I'll tell you how they're doing it. And you might roll your eyes and you might go, hey, that's pretty pretty interesting. Or enough already with the blatant product placement. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our final segment. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive for this Tuesday, May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day to everyone. ESPN going to go in all in. I mean, I'm serious. They're going to go all in. I didn't catch their Marvel stuff they did, so this is going to be interesting to me to see how it's executed, what they're going to do. But Major League Baseball and ESPN, two go hand-in-hand. They've been partners for a long time. Well, Major League Baseball coverage for the week ahead will feature several highlights that ESPN came out with in a release. The Star Wars-themed telecast happens today because today's May 4th. If you're not familiar with the meme that spawned a it's a it's an official holiday just about for fans of the Star Wars property. I, I enjoy Star Wars as well, just as much as everyone else does. And and so it's a fun little day. And over the years, with Disney taking over the property, of course, where there's a dollar to be made, there's a dollar to be made. And so today there's going to be a Star Wars themed telecast on Major League Baseball's coverage. You've got the New York Yankees, the evil empire itself, right? Taking on the Houston Astros. Are the Astros the evil empire? I, I don't know. Which one's the evil empire here? It's like two villains going after each other. I mean, seriously. Which one's the more evil empire here? Which one's the the one we root for? That's coming up tonight, 7.30. So... According to the release, the Star Wars-themed telecast is going to be in celebration of May the 4th, the Star Wars Day. Here's where you might start rolling your eyes, because I don't know what the graphics package is going to look like. But Carl Ravage, I'm just going to stop here. Carl Ravage, he's going to be dressed as Luke Skywalker. I mean, we're going to be Luke Skywalker in the robes. We're going to have like the black outfit he had in Return of the Jedi. I mean, which which version of Luke Skywalker are we going to be getting here? And then you're going to have someone in costume for the rest of the crew. So I'm I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be in costume. But basically, your commentation, your commentators, your professional announcers are going to be dressed up, having some fun with this. Apparently, as Luke Skywalker, Yoda is going to be on set. Uh, there's going to be a Jawa on set. And you're going to have tie-ins. There's going to be a, I guess, a tie-in with MLB names with Star Wars ties. 
and they're going to have highlights of their favorite force plays of all times. Steve Levy is going to be dressed as Darth Vader. He's going to anchor studio highlights during the game. Now, I'm all for fun. I'm all for it. I like fun. But is this more of a... If you're a Star Wars fan, is this going to attract you to baseball? If you're a Star Wars fan and you love baseball, you might be all into this. I mean, Star Wars days at ballparks seem to be pretty popular. I don't know if it's because of the bobbleheads and the promotions or the fact that it's a fun outing for the kids. A lot of people that maybe don't normally go to a baseball game might go to a baseball game on Star Wars Day because there's always something going on. You know, the the teams get into it. The mascots get into it. Yeah, the the graphics package on all the signage and everything. It's Star Wars theme. The ballpark gets into it. I mean, there are characters. It's a fun day. Baseball and Star Wars have had a long relationship, and you see these days happen all the time. These promotions, and, and they seem to be pretty big deals. You can get. Depending on the theme, you could get a, a your favorite player dressed up as a Star Wars character. You could get a Star Wars character with your favorite team's imagery. And it's a fun thing. But is this taking it a little too far, or is this the next step? Because, again, this is ESPN promoting Star Wars. Disney owns ESPN. Disney owns Star Wars. Today is a... Probably a huge merchandise day for Disney and for Star Wars because of the play on the word May the 4th, which has turned into a day we have on our calendars now for a lot of people who are enthusiasts. But is this a little too far? I mean, you're a baseball fan. You just want to tune in. You want to see the Yankees take on the Astros. And then you see all this Star Wars in your baseball. And you see Steve Levy dressed up as Darth Vader. I mean, come on, Steve. You're a grown man, right? Is that you? Or are you are you like, this is fun. This is something baseball probably needs to do because little kids might tune in. You might, it's a 730, so... You might tune in and say, hey, you want you want to watch the baseball game? Your kid's a Star Wars fan, or you're the Star Wars fan, and you're trying to get your kid into it, or yeah, you just were planning on watching it anyway. Is this going to be like a fun family thing for you? And they're putting it, this is going to be the main, te- this isn't going to be an alternative channel. This isn't where, hey, here's the game, but if you want to watch the Star Wars feed, you can tune in to ESPN2 or you can tune in to ESPN+. Plus. This isn't going to be that situation where you use the, the digital platforms or you use your, your multitude of platforms to do this. You're going to put this right in front of the fans on your main feed here. So my question is, is this going to be something that you roll your eyes on or are you in your invested, you're a big fan? Or are you just a Star Trek fan and you think Star Wars fans need to go away. I don't know. Maybe you're one of those groups. Maybe you're in a different group. Let me know what you think, at Paul Swan. That's where you can find me on Twitter. And that's going to do it for this edition of the show. And I kind of saved that for the last segment because, again, it's, for a lot of people, take it or leave it. But are we going to see more of this? We're going to see more Marvel in our in our sports coverage on ESPN. Disney owns Marvel. You're going to see Spider-Man. 
you know, is there going to be this type of and this deep level of promotion the next time a Marvel property comes out? This is going to be an annual event for ESPN. Are they going to get a lot of feedback that this was great? Or you know, will baseball fans yell at them? What's going to happen here? I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. Thanks for being a part of this May 4th edition. Happy Star Wars Day to you. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow here at ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.